BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Oakland teachers are going back to work today. The teachers' strike that lasted seven days ended Sunday night after union members approved a new contract. Hey, Devin, it's Vanessa. The strike is officially over. We just got word that teachers ratified the agreement. Parents were starting to get antsy, not knowing whether they should plan to take their kids to school in the morning or what. Um, There were actually two votes in the end. One was for the bonus, and that got a 64% yes vote. The other agreement for the rest of the contract got a 58% yes. All right, good night. Today, we're going to tell you how it all went down and why some members of the teachers' union are still not happy. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Do you want to just test that out? Just get us talking? Well, thanks thanks for coming to my home to talk about this over the weekend. Yeah, on a Sunday morning. I just want to know where the donuts are. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa Rancano covers education for KQED, and Julia McAvoy is the education editor. When did the tentative agreement actually come in? Was it Friday night? It became public Friday afternoon. There are celebrations taking place right now on the picket lines among teachers who have been off the job for the past week or so. Union president says this is a big victory for the teachers, and he believes the teachers will vote on this ratification. It was around 2 o'clock on Friday, and I was outside of the building where the school board meets. Which side are you on? I was there because the board was supposed to meet for the second time last week to vote on some pretty major budget cuts, over $20 million in budget cuts, which they have repeatedly said are crucial to making this deal with the union happen. And then they say, we cannot afford this if we don't make these cuts. Somebody had put a bike lock, a U-lock, around one of the doors to the building. There were chains on another set of doors. Like, people did not want these school board members to be able to get in there and conduct this vote. And then we later heard this crazy story uh, with also a video on Twitter of board member Jamoki Hinton-Hodge being surrounded by aggressive protesters, and she's supposedly putting her hands around the throat of a strike leader who was a kindergarten teacher, and that thing went viral. So there was a lot of hoopla during the afternoon at the very time that the negotiations are supposedly wrapping up. So I get there and I see people starting to run. People with picket signs are running. People with cameras are running. And it turns out that it's one of the school board members, James Harris, showing up trying to get into the building. And he's just mobbed. There are people chanting, James, go home. James, go home. People are screaming at him. James, go home. James, go home. 
he looks really heated. People are like up in his face. And when I finally get close enough to him, I hear him saying, guys, I'm here to tell you that we have a tentative deal. What, did they tell you that we signed a tentative agreement? They didn't tell you that? All I'm here to tell you is that they did that, and I think that's progress. I want to talk about the negotiations because I know they've been talking, both the school district and uh, the teachers union, for the last several days. So what's been going on over that time? So we were dying to know what was happening in these meetings, and I was finally able to talk to Dennis Nelson, who was the lead negotiator for the union. What do these negotiations look like? Like, are you all in one conference room? Are you in separate rooms? Are you eating pizza and, like, drinking coffee? We are eating pizza and drinking coffee and doing other things. Negotiations is actually not all that glamorous. He really gave credit to some California Teachers Association, so state teachers union officials, for digging into the district's budget and finding creative ways to come up with this money. We're in this budget situation because we essentially misspent and misprioritized. The other thing that he acknowledged is that the union has been really savvy about harnessing public opinion. So without the strike, they were pretty convinced that there wouldn't have ever been this kind of movement. Parents were calling their school board members, their city council members, county people, people of the state, and they were saying, look, we've got to get on top of this. And yes, in a kind of callous kind of way, let's get the strike to end, let's get kids back in school, we've got to start making money off ADA. But there also was a recognition that there was a bigger fight here. And this is a fight, frankly, for the soul of public education in the United States. So let's talk about the strike. So the strike started on February 21st, and at the time, the teachers were asking for a 12% raise increase, and I think the the district was offering something like 7%. So what changed? What's actually in this agreement where both sides think that they can move forward? Right. So under this agreement, they get a 3% bonus right off the bat. That's a one-time thing. It's not ongoing. Then they get over multiple years, an 11% salary increase. As you know, they'd been looking for 12% over a shorter window. So some people are really taking issue with this. In terms of class size, under this agreement, it's a reduction of one student across the board, two students at high need schools, so schools Mm -hmm. with a lot of low income students, a lot of English learners, foster kids, that kind of thing. And that's over a couple years. That is half of what the union had been looking for. So I was watching the vote play out on Twitter a Sunday night, and I know there are some people who aren't happy with the contract, even though the union leaders were saying that this contract is a good deal. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of people are upset. There's anger around the salary piece. I think on the surface, it looks like, the, you know, we're asking for 12, they offered 11. That's one of the issues. Then, you know, you factor in that it was over three years versus four years and everything. I think there's potentially more out there. And then I've heard from people that this agreement puts a lot of focus on salary, 
when from the beginning the union had said again and again that this was about more than that. When I looked at the contract objectively, it's not good enough. It doesn't offer enough support for our students and that's what we need. And we need to support both our students and our teachers. When some teachers look at this, they say, hey, what about the class size reductions? Is this really a win for us? We wanted a lot more than that. What about more support for students? Are we really getting that? I'm more concerned about school closures and living wages and our restorative justice programs and our AAMA programs, like our school counselors, which are a huge part of our school system. Um, so yeah, my I was really not concerned with my portion of it. I was more concerned in the, just the total support available to students. And nurses who had been agitating for many months at school board meetings pushing the district to hire more nurses because there are so few for this district are extremely upset because under this agreement, there are not going to be any new nurses hired. And in fact, nurses say because this agreement offers them a bonus for agreeing to pick up some additional work, this is actually a bad deal for them. It actually puts them in a worse position. So Julie, I want to talk to you about the money because that was a huge part of this contract negotiations. You were at La Escuelita School uh, where the board was supposed to vote on the cuts. What happened there? Well, when I got there, it was getting dark. People were still active. Outside this one doorway, they're all blockaded, but I'm outside one. There's this SEIU guy kind of guarding it. Hi. Hi. I'm with KQED Radio. and oh, how's it going? I, it's going all right. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And as I'm talking to him, asking him, like, why are you out here and what are you trying to accomplish? Like, through the glass, in the dark of this empty old, you know, school building, I see this woman. Is that Jody in there? And it's, it's Jody London. She's one of the school board members who apparently had been, like, inside this building since 10 o'clock in the morning. All right, I got to run around. I got to run around the other side here. Yep, thank you. And with her is a small group of people, including Charles Wilson, chief of enrollment. There's, like, a policeman with them. They're trying to get out. So I'm running around the building, like literally running. And I get to the, the main entrance and I see this gauntlet of people. And they're all chanting like, Whose side are you on, Jody? Whose side are you on? Out comes the police officer, followed by this grim-faced group of people. I mean, they looked really, to me, like, drained. Exhausted. Exhausted. Um, there was just this real kind of a beat-down mentality out there, I think, among the people um, who are really upset about cuts being done to schools and don't want them to happen and hold this board responsible for that. I'm a little confused. Why do people not want the board to vote on these cuts if they are in response to providing teachers with more pay? I think there's a deep distrust on the part of teachers and uh, and the union in general as to whether this district has done a good job managing its finances at all and whether they can do a good job managing the finances going forward. I think there's a lot of fear and mistrust about what they're going to cut and why they're going to cut it. I think there are complaints about lack of community input. The district will say it's gotten input and it's done surveys, but I don't feel like the community feels like it's had its voice. 
So if the school board didn't vote on the cuts, how can they assure that the teachers are going to get their raises? They will tell you, I think both sides will tell you, that those cuts have to happen for this deal to go through. This vote that we were taking today is critical to our ability to, to actually offer the raise that we announced earlier today with the Oakland Education Association. I mean, Jody there that night, she, she clearly lays it out that if we can't do our jobs, if we can't make this cuts, there's no, this deal isn't going to happen. I will be happy with the settlement when we have the support of the community behind the steps we need to take to really put this district on fiscal grounding. And um, I'm not sure what that is going to take, but we need to really all come together. This is a moment where we need to come together. And, you know, I'm sorry that we don't have enough money to keep on staff everybody that's on our staff currently, but that is the reality of funding in California. And this is the time for the community to really weigh in in Sacramento about the need for full and fair funding for public education. We've been talking this whole time about, you know, the school district and teachers and staff kind of demands, but all this is about trying to make better schools for students. And I know some students were really active during these protests, but do we have any sense of how this has affected them? Well, we know that by the district's count, only 6% of students actually went to school during this strike. So... Kids have been out of school, whether they're learning in these solidarity schools, if they go to them, we don't really know. How many of them have just been at home watching Netflix? I I can tell you that a lot of teachers used this strike as a teaching moment for their students. And we both met students out on the line with their teachers. Students who told me, we lost our orchestra teacher in the middle of the year. He took a job in Sacramento where he could make more and the cost of living was less. Students understand the teacher turnover problem. They live it. What I hear is a lot of exhaustion. I hear a lot of not knowing what's really happening, confusion. I hear a lot of people angry. After this week, do you get a sense for how all the sides feel about what's happened and going forward, how they're going to feel about that? I think everybody would say, look, the reason we got into this in the first place was because we can't pay teachers enough to stay in this district. That's a fundamental problem, and it is a big problem. It hurts kids. It hurts learning. If you can't keep good teachers in your district, especially in the hard-to-staff schools, you've got a major problem on your hands. And I think both sides always said, we want to pay teachers more. We want to give them more money. But how can we make that happen? And, and, and if teachers feel that this contract, in fact, at the end of the day, doesn't deliver enough of an increase that they can afford to stay in the Bay Area, then I wonder, you know, what, what's really been accomplished here. Julia and Vanessa, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. The school board is going to try to meet again today to vote on budget cuts that they say are crucial to this union deal. And as part of the contract, they're going to be voting in the future on whether to place a moratorium on charter schools. Thanks to reporter Vanessa Rancano and editor Julia McAvoy. Both of them have been reporting on the teacher strike for KQED. To see more about the strike, visit kqed.org slash Oakland schools. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you Wednesday.
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.